Hello, hello, hello. Kelly here. Hello, Fit Pros. We are live today from Washington, D.C. So as you can see, my background is different. I'm in um, a hotel room because I am here in D.C. attending um, SCW as a participant. So I'm coming in and just enjoying the sessions. I took an awesome yoga class from Christine Conti this morning um, and just enjoying it so much. So I'm here in DC and I'm in a hotel room. That's why things look different behind me. Today, here on the Fit Pro Show, we are going to be talking to Ryan McKenzie, who is the author of I Hate Selling for the Fitness Professional. So if you're not familiar with that book or with I Hate Selling, it's a very specific method that really jibes with a lot of what I teach you guys in my business kickstart. It's the idea that you sell based on building relationships and based on serving customers. So it's the idea that you come in, build a relationship, show somebody that you can help by helping, <laughs> start making a difference in their life, and then maybe you come into a paid relationship with them. So I really love this method of selling. A lot of times you hear me talk about it as servant leader selling. Wait, hold on. <laughs> oh no, that's a rising tide. I thought I had my servant leader shirt on. I've got another one just like this that says servant leader. So a lot of times I call this the servant leader approach to selling because you are serving people, you are building relationships, and some of them come into a paid relationship because they truly want the full transformation that you have to offer. And some of them don't, and both of those things are okay. So that's what we are doing today. Ryan McKenzie, author of I Hate Selling for the Fitness Professional. And I'm just waiting to see him come in and join the Instagram. So there's a little weirdness in the in the beginning of these Instagram live sessions, y'all, because I'm seeing y'all come in, say hello to me, let me know that you're here, give me a little hearts and fire, let me know that you're excited about this topic. If you have specific questions for Ryan, let me know that. And I'm going to tag him because I don't see him in here and I wonder if he's having trouble finding us and maybe also my trusty <laughs> he says he's ready to go I see a Facebook message here so um maybe my trusty assistants that are in here can also help us make that happen so sometimes in Instagram it's weird because we have to wait for the guests to join us before we can really do anything. But you guys, why don't you guys give me some updates? Let me know what's going on with you guys, who's had a great week, what is going on with your businesses. Let me know what questions you guys are gonna be here for asking Ryan. Okay, he says he's not there yet, so that's why we don't have him yet. Let me see, what else can I tell you guys about? You wanna hear more about SCW? You guys wanna hear about 75 hard? 
So some of you guys have seen this in my stories. I've been doing a little walk and talk story every day, just like one minute with the phone, I'm walking and I'm talking to the phone, going on an outdoor walk every morning because I started 75 hard. And if you don't know what 75 hard is, it is a program where you, <laughs> bod fit, yay, 75 hard, yes. So there are kind of five major components and you have to do them all every single day for 75 days. So it's not about like a body transformation per se, it's really more about developing your mental toughness because you don't get any days off and you have to do all these like low key miserable things for 75 days. So the things are two 45 minute workouts. They have to be separated, they can't be together, it's not an hour and a half. One of those workouts has to be outside in the elements. And so let me let me send him one more message just to make sure that we are good with him getting on and then I'll finish describing this to you. CM, yes. Okay, we're here. Okay. Ryan, give me one second. I'm going to finish explaining this. So 75 hard, you have to do four, two 45-minute workouts. One of them has to be outside in the elements. You have to read at least 10 pages of nonfiction. You have to drink a gallon of water. You have to um, abstain from alcohol. And then you have to follow a diet and you have to take a selfie every day. So um, I'm on day seven. No, no, no. I'm on day... I looked up and I saw seven people were with us. I'm on day four. Um, so far, the hardest thing has been the water for me. The 45-minute workouts, no problem. I work out that much anyways. Um, being outside, I love being outside. Today, I walked in the cold, drizzling rain here in D.C. It was fine. That doesn't bother me. Um, the water is hard for me. <laughs> and the not having a drink is hard for me. <laughs> So 75 days, low-key miserable. I talked to somebody today that's been doing it for 34, and she said she feels like she's living Groundhog Day because it's just like the same stuff every day. So looking forward to seeing who this woman is on the other side of 75 days. And with that, y'all, I'm going to bring Ryan on, and we are going to talk all about for the fitness pro. Bringing him in. We got this. Hello, Ryan. Yo. Thank you so much for doing this today. I'm so excited to talk to you. Awesome to be here. Thank How's you for having going? me. This is fun. <laughs> How are you doing? I am great. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Just finished out. I heard you talking about your workouts, the uh, 75 hard or whatever. So I just finished mine up. Instagram call here and then some family time later. So having a, having a good day. Love it. I love it. So you have um, you have your whole workout studio right behind you. I'd love to see a little bit of that. All right, so we got uh, <laughs> so we can walk around here. I love uh, so I got TRX, a uh -huh. uh, half squat rack. I don't do anything heavy, but I got enough just to do some powerlifting and some lifts and heavy bags, bands, some kettlebells, and a bunch of other fun stuff. So plenty of room for all stuff on the floor and whatever else we need. But it's a uh, it's a good time. I kind of built it for myself, and then I still train some clients out of it, too. So, um, Is it like a garage gym? Yeah, it's out of my house. So I just took our, we took our garage and turned it into a 
turned into a workout area. I've actually got fans up here hooked up to Google speakers that just turn on. It's like sort of trying to be high tech. It's fun stuff. Do you ever um, hear these days people be kind of referring to it as it's like a garage gym revolution? It's like a whole industry. People will yeah, talk big. about garage um, gyms uh, as an industry. It was, uh, you know, through the, the pandemic, all that stuff, people were uh, buying up every piece of oh, yeah. equipment they could. And like, so it's probably about, about to the point where you're going to be able to find some cheap stuff. People realize, man, I want my garage back pretty soon. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's coming next. It'll be the the garage gym exodus, <laughs> but I yeah. bet yours will stay. Yeah, I've always had something in my garage, so or in a room in our house. This just made sense when uh, when we actually moved here a little over a year ago. So we uh, put all this in. It's actually big enough still to park cars in here. I just don't because I don't want to get the the mats dirty, you know. So <laughs> it's like it's nicer than most gyms. I feel. I mean, that's me. That's my, my humble opinion i really i enjoy it a lot so it's uh it's fun i love it i know every time i've talked to you you've been out there yeah it's usually where i take most of my calls it's just uh my my spot you know it's nice very cool so today i wanted to bring you on i want to talk about i hate selling for the fitness professionals so you came on with me and my paid group a while back and you gave them like gold the the information that you gave to my accelerators was absolutely amazing. And um, with that, I had asked you to come on the show as well, and you graciously agreed. So why don't we start by just maybe giving us a little of your background and what brought you to write the book? Yeah, so I um, thank you, by the way. It was, uh, it was a fun time being there with your, with your group. They're, they're a good group. They're, they're a lot of fun asking questions and uh, it was just it was nice talking to people that want to learn you know that's really that's fun oh, stuff yeah. for me awesome um, the uh as far as my background i um i i started training right out of college i kind of didn't you know always want to play baseball got into training right out of college had a um had a coach or a, a weightlifting coach that just really bonded with him playing baseball in college and um invited me to his gym kind of showed me the ropes interviewed at a place I used to train at, got a job there with no, no degree in kinesiology or fitness or physical education, anything like that, you know? And that was, uh, at that point, that was kind of unheard of um, at, at this place, you know, like I think Bally's and those kind of places were the only ones that were like hiring trainers just off their looks, not off their intelligence. And so this place um, was not like that. They like, it was like the nicest um, gym or whatever in, in the central Florida area. So I got on there and, um, Somehow they hired me and I was really bad like at training. I was really bad. I could push myself really hard. I could make really hard workouts. Um, I couldn't help other people progress very well because it was like, let's go. And they die. And they're like, oh, this is awesome. And looking back, I'm like, no, that wasn't awesome. That was abuse. And I'm <laughs> <That> sorry. <was> <laughs> I did not know what I was doing when I started. Um, Maybe other people out there can relate to that if you can. Just like, hey, I used to abuse people for a living. <laughs> um, but with that, I didn't know how to sell either. And I didn't realize that um, it was a sales job. And I, I, I always thought sales was this negative, awful thing. And my, both my parents were school teachers. Um, sales was like a, a curse word or something. To be a salesman was like a bad idea. It was something yeah. you didn't want to be. Um, 
So, so are you are you giving us the um, the inside scoop here that being a personal trainer actually is being a salesperson? <laughs> it's the hardest. It's the hardest sales job there is. Like if I sold you, uh, if I sold you this water bottle, like I could just convince you it's a good water bottle. You buy it. I never have to talk to you again unless you want to buy another one, right? Mm -hmm. But like to sell a personal training session, like I've got to convince you it's something you want and you need. I got to convince you I'm the one that's good for you. And then I got to convince you to keep using it and keep coming back over and over. And I've got to sell you on the fact that like, when you're not with me, that matters just as much as when you are with me. Like there's so much selling involved in this that it's silly. And I found most trainers or gym owners, I hate the thought that they're salespeople. And I think because we have this really negative just connotation of salespeople. Uh, that we just don't want to be that. We don't want to be the pushy, sleazy, cheesy, what do I got to do to get you in this car today kind of salesperson? Because um, that either happened to us or it's just been brainwashed into us. That that's not good. And um, that kind of sales is not good. But there is a type of sales that is very good and it's helping people get what is best for them and, and like lining up what's best for them and what they need and bringing that together. If I can provide that, that's sales, right? So that, that's something I had to get past because like it took a complete me, reframe of that. Yeah, idea. it took me years. Like I went three or four years being a trainer somehow. I think I just made it on just attrition in the industry alone that like I didn't know what else to do. Um, I was making enough money to survive. We had my wife and I got married. We had a kid 11 months later and we actually moved back in with her parents after we got married because we couldn't afford to live where we were living. I'm just like, oh my gosh, what do I do? I'm like applying to be a substitute teacher. I'm trying to figure out what else they going on the whole time I'm training. And it just really, I didn't get it. I would just gain clients in the beginning because other trainers would quit like, cause they were smarter than me, you know? And they're like, I, I can't make it. I'm out. I was like, okay, well I'll take your clients. Okay. See ya. Like that's how I survived until I realized, man, I actually have to stop thinking about, okay, what's the next really cool piece of equipment I need to use in my training? What's the next really amazing certification I need to get? Because I would get all these certifications. And oh, it okay. So I want to back up here because you've covered so many things that Sorry. I know yes. this entire group that's watching is dealing with. So first of all, the idea that you're just getting your clients from attrition from other personal trainers who are quitting the industry. I know that is happening so much with my group because I know how bad the attrition is and how bad the income is, which is what leads to the attrition. So many trainers working full-time outside of the industry in order to afford to just work a little bit inside the industry. And that's what yeah. I did for 20 years as a fitness instructor. Yeah, it's um, silly. And, it, and it's not like the, the this whole pandemic thing, whatever, like that, that didn't start that. That's how this industry's always been. Yes. Um, it's, yeah. it's always been that way. And just so the people who just started in the industry who I mean, to say something maybe negative, who weren't probably not very good at being trainers or weren't good at the business or the sales side of it. Um, and then you've got government overreach on top of that. That just, it's not a good combination. So like it, everything starts shutting down. But so what the pandemic did is just brought, uh, brought about, about this passion and the people who are sticking around, they've really got that passion in their hearts. Now, like I am going to effing make this work and they, yeah. now they're figuring it out. And yeah. that's why they come to people like me and you because they're like, okay, What's a real, actual, sustainable business model look yeah. like? Let's yeah. do this thing for real. Yeah, and that's, I, I've worked with yoga instructors to dietitians to CrossFit owners to um, garage gym trainers to in-person trainers to clubs that have a teams of trainers, right? And um, 
it doesn't matter when you when people think sustainable business they, that's immediately what they go to is the type of training the equipment you use the style of training you do yes. I, I don't know that any of that matters the, the certifications the number yeah. of certifications yeah i've got none of them matters. different mini certifications that like i'm realized like why am i paying this organization to tell me i'm good at this when I do half of what they say and half, anyway, that, that doesn't help yeah, you get you know any more money. Yeah, you know what freaking matters to your client? The results, that's it. Yeah, that's and it. honestly, certifications are great and can help you grow your business if, and only if they give you the confidence to go talk to somebody and tell them about the new thing you're doing. But it's Ooh, just so short-sighted and so, so finite that like, as soon as it's not new to you anymore, as soon as it's not new to your clients anymore, as soon as it's not the new shiny tool, then it's, goes to the back closet until you think about it again, and then you, you go on to the next thing. So you need something more and something more infinite-minded than something so short and quick-sighted because it's going to always turn over and you'll be chasing the wind rather than being caught up in it and just saying, this is where I'm going. Mm -hmm. um, we can't run a business. You can't train clients off always having the next new thing, the coolest exercise, the best all, all that kind of stuff, you know, it, it doesn't work. I love that so much. I want to dig in on that a second and just okay. repeat what you just said in kind of my own words, just so people really hear that. Translate what you said me. was sometimes there is a use in getting another certification. So I, I always tell people because they'll, they'll say, I can't start my business until right. Blah, 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 blah. And I'll say, if you have enough qualifications that you can get insurance, then you can train people. And the best way to become a good coach, a great coach, is to start coaching. Otherwise, you'll never become a great coach. Yeah. And then what you said was the only use in getting more certifications is that it may give you the confidence to go out there and talk to somebody. Yeah, maybe. So but think so about that, y'all. Yeah. That's, that's a possibility, um, but it's not sustainable. So what you need mm -hmm. to do is what I focused on and it would hit me hard was like, okay, I'm getting a new certification or focusing on a new skill every three to six months because I'm spending all this money, I'm spending all this time studying. Why don't I study something and focus on something that's actually a skill that's going to last no matter what the trend in the industry is, no matter what my focus is, no matter what I want to, um, whatever, no matter what I want to do with my life, I want to, I want a skill that's going to last. So I, I just, I got, I dug into sales and I realized, you know, what if, I had a really good uh, friend and another really good mentor that was just, you need to be able to sell better. And so you need to be able to, com you need to, be able to communicate better. And so I, I dug into that and I used to have trainers walk into the office and they'd be out on the floor working out four or five hours. You know, trainers like get a three, 30 minute workout in, get a 20 minute workout. In. I'm at a big box gym. That's like, it's like a high end big box gym. So I'm in the trainer's office, just studying, highlighting, reading over and over again, every bit of sales information I can find, every sales book um, that I could find and just digging in like, okay, I hate this garbage, I hate this stuff. We used to watch sales videos when we weren't doing well. Our, our manager would, I remember sitting down in a meeting, if you guys ever watched a video like this, and it's, this is oh, a yeah. great way to sell guys. And it's a training meeting for our sales, for our trainers, not the sales team, the, the training team. And it's like, how much do you spend a week on coffee? How much do you spend a week on fast food? And they'd write this down. And they're like, and they'd write a number down. It's like, does this number look reasonable for you? Can you can you afford to do that? And like this, like negotiation tactic of oh, guilt and shame, versus, rather than commoditizing like, your offer. Like yeah, rather than how like, casting a vision of of what the person could achieve, or even just find out who they are and what they really need. Like that is, it just 
I didn't know anything about sales at all then, but I just knew like, I don't want to be good at sales because if that's it, I want nothing to do with it. And so mic drop end of story, right? (laughs) John O's in here. We got some people joining here. John O, you're the man. You're, you're amazing. This guy is in, where are you, New Zealand or Australia? He's all around the world most of the time, but. uh, He is. He was just on the show a few weeks ago and he talked about um, creating a six figure business in one hour a week. No, one hour a day, one hour a week, but it was was good. Good, good. John O, I bought your book, man. He was a. he, uh, he came out with a book on, um, uh, I think, on just that boot camp stuff. So he, he does almost the opposite of what I do, which is kind of cool. Um, just all boot camp stuff, like large group. I'm no, nowhere near that. I'm, I'm two to six people working in, like, small group training land. So that's my, that's my niche, if you will. And his is one hour a day, seven million people, train them, get them going. Like, he's, he's a pro at that. So it's, it's good stuff. Yeah, he's awesome. All right, so so you um, you were working in the gym. You were coming along. You're starting to learn about sales. Yeah. What happens next? <clears throat> um, it really, like, it, it just started to change for me when I started to say, okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to get good at sales. Like, mm-hmm. I know how to, now, now I don't want to take for granted, like, I knew how to teach people to squat, to push, to pull, to twist, to hold, not, not twist. Uh, to lunge, to to hinge, like I knew like the seven basic movements. I really love some certifications like the FMS is something I'm really passionate about. Like knowing how the body moves is big for me. So I don't want to discount that and just say, hey, be a salesman. That's it. You don't have to worry about anything else. Um, that's not it, right? You need to be a good trainer. But once I had those basic movements down, I was like, let's hit this sales thing hard. And all of a sudden, my business grew. Um, all well, of a sudden, the truth I- is, coaching is selling, and selling is coaching. Yeah, I mean, you really you're selling have to, people on behavioral change and yeah. lifestyle modification. It changes. It changes things. So, like, my business doubled the first year. I really hit home nice. with that. Then, which you know, double nothing is not hard to do. Um, so, double sounds really good, but if you're not making money, so the next year it doubled again. The next year it doubled again. So three years in a row, it's doubling. Then it's starting to fifty percent growth, and all of a sudden, I'm the top trainer in the whole company, um, and people are asking me like, "What did you do? How you weren't?" very good three years ago how did this all of a sudden happen to where you're making more than the person that's been here for 20 years like what is what's changed so i started running some classes and and talking to some new trainers helping them get onboarded and helping them get going um that shifted into me running the sports performance uh facility at at the gym here in orlando and and, uh, rdv sportsplex you guys want to check that place out it is still love that place top notch then moving out to one of their like uh their their gyms that they owned out in the villages if you guys been on the villages it is a cool spot too and running the training team out there helping them grow that that sales and training there and then it all just kind of kept growing into the point where i just every time i'd pray about what do i need to do next it just kept this thought like, you need to write a book you need to write this down put it in a book and so all these trainings i've been doing with my teams or with friends or with other trainers they're asking me for help i just put it all together put it through, put it into a book. Um, it actually w- was a book before I wrote it on, uh, for, for CPAs, right? So this, I hate selling, if you look it up, um, it's for the, forget, I, I, CPAs or something like that. But I reached out to the author and said, hey, I love the name. Can I just take that name? Cause you helped me so much kind of honor you and, and turn uh, and it's specifically just on training and not anything to do with CPAs. And that really, uh, I saw Alan Barres didn't write my book, but he's, you know, to honor him, I kind of just chatted, and now I've got his name on my book, which was a really cool start. And it, 
I love that. I don't know, well, I've also had up. on John Briggs, who wrote um, Profit First for Microgyms. So I'm a huge Profit First person. Yeah. I really believe in that That's, for people who are about bootstrapping businesses. Yeah. Same concept. Yeah, same it's idea. Michael Callow um, is the it just took off though, like all of a sudden, uh, number one bestseller on Amazon in the US and Canada and Mexico and Japan and Ireland and England. Like it just was like, I don't, I didn't even write it in Japanese and it's a number one. I'm like, how did that happen? I don't know. So it was just really cool to see it hit the number one position. And it wasn't number one in all books, right? It was sales and marketing. So like there's, a, it's a large subcategory of books, but it's, um, it's still a large subcategory. It's yeah, it wasn't like no sales and marketing for fitness gyms. It was all sales and marketing books. So that was a really cool spot to see it get to. Um, and I just, you know, that's the day like you screenshot it. You're like, man, that was cool. Okay, who else can I help? And let's let's move on from there. So that yeah. that grew to um, to where I can actually work from my home now. I, I'm not at that uh, the large gym anymore. I can work at my church more. Um, I can take on clients that I want to work with, and I help gyms and I help fitness owners like nail down a sales process that's not sleazy that's not cheesy that is um actually who they are and explains what they do without having to do like you know the, the cycle of like okay i gotta have a big sale so i can get new people in so i can get them hooked so they'll keep going so they'll tell their friends then i gotta have a big sale so those new friends will come like we could just be really good at what we do communicate it really well get to the heart of why people want to want to change and charge a really good price for us and for them and um it, it makes a business grow like it's not it's not real complicated but there's some really specific things to focus on and that that heart of like not being afraid of sales is the is probably the first thing i love it so you said there are some really specific things to focus on um i knew when you met with my accelerators we went through kind of a six-step process i don't know if if we have time for six steps if maybe you want to condense them or if you just want to run sure. through them how do you, what what's the biggest <laughs> piece of advice that you would you would give to these um members? yeah well, well let's dive into it so if you're watching yeah. this um now or on the replay and you want to the, the book you can get it on amazon or i hate selling book.com you can grab the whole book it's like it's short i'm a trainer it's written for trainers mm -hmm. it's not this long book but it's really it's, easy it's, read easy reading to the point yeah and practical stuff so like really so good and i was listening to it on audiobook and first of all i love the cadence of your voice and you read it really well and you kind of just break in your expert extemporaneous at times yeah. but also it was just an easy listen i like i found myself running over and like jotting things down and then just doing my stuff and running back and jotting things down so it's yeah it was funny i hated audiobooks for the longest time like i thought they were boring just like I don't want to read, listen to somebody read somebody else's book to me. And I read, I listened to, um, I forget, some, the 10X Rule. And um, in, in that book, he goes off on just tangents. And he's like talking about just- What, Grant Cardone goes off on tangents? What? Yeah, right? <clears throat> but it's, <laughs> it's uh, I'm like, I didn't even know you could do that in an audiobook. I thought you said to read the book. So I was like, I'll make this into an audiobook. And so like, same idea, I'm like reading through the book and we're reading it. But like, if there's ever a spot that I feel like, man, I wanted to hit that more than I did in the book then in the audiobook i kind of dive into it a little more so that's plug for the audiobook go grab it right <laughs> um all right so if we're going to get into specifics with uh and we don't have a ton of time for all the steps um I, the first three are huge because i see that as the biggest struggle in the fitness industry with marketing specifically on social media so you see all kinds of instagram posts that are like sale buy this like six-week program 
only three sessions for nine ninety nine. Whatever it is, it's just dumb stuff that like just all about the price, all about the the discount, all about the sale, all about maybe they get to the new equipment or the new type of programming, but really they, it skips through every major step you need to hit um, before you actually can make a sale. And we're just hoping people will buy because I posted it somewhere, and that's the most ignorant thing that we could just do is just. Maybe you'll get one person that if you have a huge following, but you, you can get so many more people. You can help so many more people if you actually take the time to go through the right steps the right way. So um, the first step is, do they know that I care? Right. And that's that's the, the biggest thing is asking ourselves the question, do they know that I care? So like for I see you on here all the time that you're just constantly putting out content and helping people and helping them with their business, the office hours thing you do. And they're just always it seems like you're just constantly pouring in to the group that you're specifically talking to. It's not just market, market, marketing, 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 sales, sales. It's like, I want to help you. So yeah. it's obvious to me that you care about the people you're talking to because you're constantly helping them, right? Meeting so, individually so true. with them. And you know, like, I think that wouldn't be possible if I didn't know exactly who I'm helping. So yeah. I, I picked exactly who I'm helping and then I'm like, let me give you the crap that's going to help you. Here are, the, here are the things that you're doing that doesn't work. Let's talk about what does work. Yeah, and that, so that, that reminds me, like, there's a huge pressure to go pick your, your fitness niche, niche, whatever you want to call it. The, um, but if, you're, if you're not doing well and you want to grow to a bigger, I think that's a, a false thing you have to do at the beginning. I think right now you need to focus on helping people. You need to see where you can help the people the most. You can see what you're best at. And you see what can make you money. It's from uh, good to great. So instead of thinking about, okay, what specific one group am I going to reach? Start helping people. Who's my avatar? Right. All that stuff is just overdone. But um, I always say that your niche is, um, sorry for breaking in, but I, I think this is so applicable. Um, I always say that your niche is a group of people who are actively looking for the thing that you sell. Sure. That's sure. it. Yeah. That's it. What are you selling? Who wants it? Why do they want it? Maybe what's the catalyst in their life that they want it? That's what unifies your people. There's your niche. That's good stuff. The <laughs> um, so it, if you don't know, if they don't know that you care. They're not gonna. They're not buying anything from you, right? Like they're not actually gonna to get into what you're actually selling. Or, or you can have the best program in the entire world. You can have the best weight loss program. You have the best strength training program. Mm -hmm. You you could be the best sprinter coach ever and helping people with kids get faster. If they don't know that you actually care and it just comes across like you're a salesman, like that's not gonna work. And that's why so many um, trainers are adverse to sales. They don't wanna think about growing their business like that because they don't wanna be that guy. I, I think that's the bigger problem in our industry is there's a small percentage of people that look like that and they're really loud. And so everybody else who's actually good takes this approach of just like, I should wait back and they'll come to me when they really want me, but I don't want to be that guy. So I'm not going to get loud. I'm not going to talk to anybody. I don't want to post because then they're going to think I'm like that. And that's just a big mind. It's a big block in your mind that can, that can come about. So do they know that I care is the first thing. And ouch, where's the pain is the second question we ask. Um, so I, I can say, hey, weight loss challenge, strength gain challenge. But if I don't know like what you really, like your deep pain is, your big issue is, then I can't offer you anything that's going to move the needle to get you to, to jump on board, right? So 
Sure, weight loss might be somebody's like first thing they think of, but what really is that issue? Is it that I can't tie my shoes in the morning? Is it that my my back hurts and my knees hurt because the, I need to lose the weight to help with the pain, like physical pain? Is it I can't get on the ground and play with my grandkids because I is that why you want to lose weight? Like, is it the way your husband or wife look at you when you walk in the room? You want them to think you're the like the coolest person ever, the hottest person ever, and that's why you want to lose weight? Like, you got to get to the heart of what that really is is what's really going on there rather than just weight loss program buy it now who wants to lose weight who wants to get stronger who wants to get bigger who wants to get faster like what is it you really want to accomplish or what is it you're really running from that like bothers you and we need to get to the heart of that if we can um we can take the next step so each one of these steps is a question right if you if you can't answer it honestly yes i know the answer to that then you can't move on and you got to go back a step and make sure that's not stopping you um you know, I think yeah. the thing about ouch, um, ouch, wait, what was it? Ouch, who feels? Where's the pain? Where is the pain? Yeah, so ouch, where's the pain? For fitness pros, a lot of times what I see is that we are trying to sell them on our pain. Like, we, yeah. we try to sell them what we know we would like. And what I yeah. keep on telling fitness professionals is we are an abnormal band of weirdos. You know, it's like, what, 10 to 20% of the entire population has an active exercise routine. And then within that, we are this subset. So we are like so abnormal. We cannot market to them based on what appeals to us. We have to be in conversations with them, finding out what Mm. their pain is. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, So from there, even, even at that point, it sounds like, okay, they know that I care about them. I know what they need let's sell them something. <laughs> I mean, it's like, are they actually committed to making a change or are they just complaining? So are they committed or are they just complaining. We've all had the friend that's like, man, my back bothers me. You immediately want to give them advice. Hey, you should do this. It'll help your back. You should do this. It'll help this. And, and it, it'll help if they'll do it. But most of the time we're just giving away free advice to somebody who's not going to do it. Someone's not going to change. And it kind of devalues what you do in a way, but like they're actually not ready to change. So it's kind of just a waste of time for everybody. And they can actually end up in a way resenting you for always trying to change them or give them advice when they're not really willing or ready to change yet. Right. So that's. Oh my gosh. It's like all of those instructors that are out there doing free complete workouts on their Facebook groups and their Facebook group is full of people who have not committed to making the change or doing the thing. So nobody wants your workout. So you're actually like working against yourself. Yeah, it can happen that way. Um, but I'm not, there's, there's, gonna be, there's always gonna be free stuff like uh, fitness magazines, YouTube channels, where like people can find a free workout anywhere they wanna go, you know? And that's something that like a lot of people will, um, some, uh, Mr. Fitstar, you're, thank you, you're amazing. Uh, the, that's something a lot of people will go that way just to say, hey, I, I just need to move, I just need to work out. Sure, they're not ready to really commit because they don't really know what the real pain is. Maybe they don't have a big pain. They just know it's good for me, so I need to work out. That's not the person I'm going to train. I, I made a, a decision a long time ago. I'm not going to be a weight loss coach because I don't follow up with people on their diet. I don't, I don't count calories. I don't count reps. I just I want to help people move better. If I, I believe I can help people move better, then they're going to move more often. Then they'll get stronger. They'll lose weight. They'll get faster. They'll, they'll be more athletic, whatever it is. So I focus a ton with my training specifically I focus on how well can we move? And so as I'm talking through this with somebody, they know that I care about them. If I find their real pain and it lines up with what I know I want to do, 
and then they're committed to making that change, then I'll say, okay, let's, let's talk about this. So those are the first three steps in that, in that whole process. And I think that's a great place to start because most people jump right into commitment. Like, are they committed? Like, let's throw this, let's throw this on Instagram. Let's throw this on Facebook. Let's, let's blast all my friends and spam all the emails and say, new program starting, commit right now, save money. And we, we start with discounted price and commitment. And we haven't gotten to anything about like, do they actually know that I care about them? Do they actually, do I actually know what's bothering them? And if we don't, can't answer those two questions, then we can't actually help someone as much as we'd want to. And then you're, if you don't answer those questions, they're actually going to come back at you with all kinds of objections. Like, why does it cost so much? I can get this free thing over here. Well, why do I have to do it that way? Why can't I do it this way? Like, they're not bought into your program at all. And it's not because your price is too much or too little. It's not because your training's too bad. It's because you didn't walk through the sales process right away the first time. Um, I had somebody tell me, my wife actually just joined here. Grace, you're amazing and you're beautiful. <laughs> I love you. Um, I had somebody tell me this a long time ago when I was first um, actually trying to win Grace McKenzie over to date me and to marry me. The advice I got was really simple. I said, you're going to, whatever you, however you win her, that's how you have to keep her, right? So if, if, if I win her over by like the nicest dates ever, like we should, we go on nice dates, right? So don't, don't take this the wrong way, but I'm always trying to like just impress her and make her think I'm better than everybody else and make her think that I've got all, all kinds of money just to throw out all, all over the time. Like that's how I win her over is with stuff and with experiences. And I, I feel like I'm making it sound like I don't do nice things for my wife. <laughs> but, but if I'm always trying to impress her, make her think I'm the best and better than compare, comparing to everybody else, I've got to keep that up the rest of my life because that's what she's, that's the expectation I've laid out, right? I think it's very similar to our um, to training business. If you win somebody over to your, your program, to your gym, with a, the cheapest in the, in the area, with the newest equipment, with the cleanest place ever, like whatever it is that you're comparing to somebody else or something else rather than what they need. And you've got to keep that up the whole time. Like their eyes are always going to be looking for, okay, who's going to give me the best deal? Or that place is now cleaner than this place. Or this place is getting kind of messy. Or this isn't the newest programming. I need something better. I need something newer. And they're constantly comparing you to everyone else because maybe that's not even how they work to begin with, but you trained them to work that way from the get-go when they entered your gym. You compared yourself to everybody else rather than getting to know them and how you can help them and how you can serve them and how you can be with them through this process that they want to accomplish. So that's huge mindset shift with training is whatever you do to win them to your gym, if it's Groupon, if it's discounts, if it's fitness challenge, if it's new equipment, right? All this new stuff I just bought, look at it, you can come work out with me. You got to keep buying that stuff. You got to keep offering Groupons. You got to keep that going. That is an expensive game to play. That's why the biggest companies in the world are Amazon and Walmart and stuff like that. Like they're trying, those, those giant monsters are the only ones that can afford to like undercut everybody else and sell just cheap, 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 cheap until they knock everybody else out. Then what do they do immediately? They raise the prices up. So I think with our gyms, with our training, we have to make sure that how we win them is how we're going to have to keep them. So are you willing to play that game? It's a hard game to play the cheapest around, like the newest around, the best around, like with these specific things. But am I going to be the best at actually knowing you and caring for you and knowing what you need and walking it through being specific with you. That, that's why I focus on a lot of my trainings and a lot of the trainers I work with, like how to get into small group trainings with it, how to actually help people um, 
through the sales process the right way because even if you have a gym that's making a lot of sales, a lot of money, if your sales culture isn't right, then you're going to lose a lot of people that would have stayed a lot longer. And that attrition rate, uh, your retention rate, off, you know, the, the retention guru, uh, Dr. Uh, is it Paul Bedford or whatever, him and I chatted a few times. That retention rate is so strongly tied to how you first get them in your gym in the first place that it's, it's almost scary if you get too many sales too quick and you didn't have your sales process, process set up the right way. So that's wow. a long rant on that. Oh, I think that's a great place to stop, though, if you don't have it set up the right way. And if you're bringing them in on a false promise or on a different method, then you're going to have long term, then you're going to lose them. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it. wild. And it sounds it feels so good at the beginning because, man, people are coming. But you didn't really grow it, the culture of it the right way. It, it's not going to be sustainable and it's not going to last. So. That's the Love warning, it. I guess, right? I think that the, the things that you and I teach have so many parallels because at the end of the day, it's all rooted in bootstrapping. It's all rooted in getting to know your people and refining your product around what they need and what they want mm -hmm. rather than trying to build it in a vacuum and then come and try to sell it to people. So I just love everything that you have to say. And I really appreciate you coming in and being Thanks. here today. That was fun. It's fun, fun being on here with you guys. And thanks for um, your flexibility as well. I had to change the schedule on him because I was traveling yesterday. So I appreciate it. It's all good. You. It's all good. All right. Let's do it again soon. Make it happen. All right. Thanks. All right, y'all. So give, give Ryan some hearts and fire. Let him know you appreciate this information. Awesome stuff. I'm going to be publishing this audio as a podcast as well. So I've put out the Fit Pros Business Show podcast. And I'm taking some of the audio, only the best episodes from the Instagram live sessions here with guests. So I'll publish this as an audio this afternoon, as soon as we get done. I'm going to make it happen, Captain. Love it. Love it. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks. I'll see you soon. Have a good one. You too.